0: We'll be fine. You know, I think we gave away two, two games uh, so far this year, the Salt Lake game and, and the Red Bull game, games where at the very least we walk off the field with a point. So uh, I think they're good lessons to be learned. Uh, obviously we may be a, a little bit unlucky in the last game, but it's all part of it. It's a long season. These, se- these seasons go every which way. Uh, uh, very rarely do you have identical seasons, uh, back to back. So, uh, we were are facing a little adversity to start the season, but that's not the worst. I'd rather have it happen now than later.
1: Welcome to trifecta soccer talk. I'm your host, Tanner Abello. You just heard from revolution sporting director and head coach, Bruce arena on how his team is facing the adversity, uh, so far that like they face the season, obviously the revolution are won three and one in major league soccer play through five weeks and they fell out of CONCACAF champions league. They won their home leg and then they got absolutely demolished down there in Mexico. So, you know, seems like no one's really worried there over in revolution camp, certainly not Bruce arena um, and certainly not the players. We've heard it from Sebastian Lejet a few times. And I think we might hear a clip from him later in the show where he says, you know, being at a six or a seven um, can never get too high. can never get too low. It's a long season in Major League Soccer. There's 34 games. It's very early. But so far this season, the, the revolution have just been impacted by everything. Um, whether it be weather, whether it be injuries, whether it be just not getting that final result. Not seeing out a result. Not winning at home. So there's a lot of things that have sort of gone wrong here for the New England Revolution this season. And they're going against the Miami team on Saturday on ESPN, on national television that is winless so far this year. Miami, believe it or not, has had a worse start to the season than the New England Revolution. Miami's winless. The only winless team in the Eastern Conference and one of two winless teams in Major League Soccer with the San Jose Earthquakes being the other one. So, you know, this match in Inter-Miami is going to be... It's going to be an interesting one between two teams that are, you know, quite frankly, struggling. Not just struggling to get results, struggling to score the goal. They can't score. Either of these teams, if you look at it... Um, between Miami and the Revolution, they just they cannot put the ball in the back of that net. The Revolution have gone 208 minutes in MLS play without scoring a goal um, from the run of play. That was a 62nd-minute goal from Jose Altidore against Real Salt Lake. They've had some set-piece uh, goals and a uh, penalty kick goal, but they haven't been able to score. And since that time frame, and during that time frame, since that goal that Jose Altidore scored, they have only scored one goal. It was a penalty kick goal scored by Carlos Hill. And they have a minus nine goal differential in that time frame, which is pretty startling. But if you look at this Miami team, this is a Miami team that can't score either. It's kind of, It's kind of a funny situation here, but this Miami team, has conceded 13 goals. They've only scored three. They have a minus-10 goal differential, which is the worst in Major League Soccer. Not by a goal. They have the worst goal differential in Major League Soccer by four goals, and it's only five weeks in the season. So this is a disaster of a Miami team. Two of their goals were penalty kick goals by Gonzalo Higuain, and they had only one goal this year in the run of play. So this is a bad Miami team. And they're paying for you know the price for mismanaging their roster last year, having, like, what, five or six DPs? So this is a Miami team that really doesn't know how to operate in major league soccer. They have a coach in Phil Neville that probably should have been fired if he wasn't, you know, friendly with the owner, David Beckham. So this is a real train wreck of an organization in Miami. Uh, not shocking to learn that a, a Miami organization for sports is poorly run. Um, obviously making a joke of Miami Marlins, the baseball team, with baseball getting underway. But this inner Miami team is a disaster. They have shown no, you know, real... Intelligence when it comes to operating a major league soccer club, Um, they're not competitive on the field. Yeah, they have Gonzalo Higuain, who is a really big name, but you know, in reality, it looks like he's retiring like, not that he's actually retiring, but it looks like he is taking major league soccer like it's a retirement league, which it's not anymore. So, on paper, you might say, okay, Revolution are bad, Miami's bad, even matchup, but if that's how far the Revolution have fallen after winning the Supporters Shield last year. That's certainly problematic, and I don't think the Revolution are thinking it's going to be a close matchup. I think you know, they're going to try to fight. They're going to try to go out, but in reality, they going to need to go down there and need to smoke Miami. Last year, they beat them 5-0 at Inter-Miami, so yeah, there's a potential here for them to really go down there and smoke them out. Um, this Miami team is bad, and <clears throat> yes, this Revolution team is still banged up. Yes, they still are going to be without key players. Obviously, Adam Books is going to have a uh, one-game car, one red card suspension, so he's not going to be available. Jose Altador is banged up, not in the injury report, but got banged up in that match against the New York Red Bulls. Gustavo bow is not going to play. Probably, you're probably not going to have Matt Turner. Henry Castro, and Drew Farrell are both on the injury report, but they played last week. But, you know, you're not going to go into this match fully healthy, so it's going to be a struggle. But it'll be interesting to see how Inter Miami handles Revolution midfielder Carlos Hill. Carlos Heel has sort of been targeted this year uh, by opposing players, and there really hasn't been any real management by the officials in terms of protecting Carlos Heel. So. Here's Carlos heel when asked by Sam Mane of the Bent Musket on if referees should do more to protect players like him who's the reigning MVP of Major League Soccer.
2: Uh, yeah, I don't know if maybe if protect player, but also uh, try to, to stop sometimes, uh, or not stop, but uh, sometimes the, the, the yellow card uh, if you use the yellow card, uh, it's, it's better for for some time stop that uh, kind of tackles or or every time doing faults and stop the game, you know. So so yeah, but uh, this is the the ref who who decide uh, and and yeah, uh, I'm trying to to. Um, to, to help the team so that uh, I received some tackles not only me uh, and yeah I think the ref can can help to to we can uh, play like uh, without so many uh, stops
1: I think Carlos is right I think a lot of leagues protect their star players you know you see it in the NBA where the star players get the foul call you see it in the NFL where the quarterbacks have rules to protect them you know this is not uncommon in sports for there to be favoritism towards the better players. You see the way they play. Carlos Seals the same way they play Carlos Vela. You know they're incredibly physical with these players. They're falling for literally no reason, um, just because they're on the ball, and it's really dirty falls. And I think yeah, the way to solve it is just start hitting out yellow cards. You touch an MVP caliber player, in a way that isn't proper. You know, poor foul, poor challenge, bad challenge, things like that. You're looking at an immediate card, not even a warning. Uh, and I think that's what you have to really do. Um, you know, Carlos Hill gets fouled a significant amount of times per game, and oftentimes it's not even carded. It's just a talking to, and players with do three, four times a game. And these teams are really smart in how they approach it. You know, they're going to knock Carlos Hill down, and they're going to try to slow him down, and they're going to try to should protect players like Carlos Hill, like Carlos Vela, that caliber of player, players that are, MVP type, yeah, they should be protected because um, fans play to see them. Not the guy that's having a hard foul on them. Um, that's just a reality, right? Uh, MVPs sell tickets. It's normal in sports, especially in the United States. There could be an opportunity here in this game coming up for young players to play, especially when you look at that forward group. You're going to be without Adam Buxa. You're going to be without Gustavo Bow, Potentially you're going to be without Jose Altador. So you're looking at Justin Rennick's potentially getting another start we're going to hear from Carlos seal on justin renix getting back in the club
2: yes i think it's a a important moment for him he's learning learning uh, year by year you know um, and and yeah i think he's prepared for for play games for for half minute with with the first team in mls another player
1: i'm looking for is damien rivera rivera scored three times through two games with Revs 2 and MLS Next Pro. He's played very well uh, for them. He looks better on and off the ball. Uh, his finishing touch looks great. I'm really impressed with that. I've seen at Damian Rivera so far this year. Obviously, we heard from Clint PA in the last episode where he talked about the progression of Damian Rivera through his time through Revs 2. I think it's time to give Damian Rivera a shot, and I know I've said it on this show already, I've said in previous episodes, where you have to play the kids, otherwise what's the point? I think with Damian Rivera it's at the point where it's like, well the Revs two are not playing this weekend. So you don't need to really play him there. Cause he's there's no game to play in. So why not have Damian Rivera in the squad? Why not give him an opportunity against Inter Miami when you're down your key forwards and give a player that is hot a chance to play against a really bad inter Miami backline. Outside of DeAndre Yedlin, I like Yedlin. But for the most part, there's a team that can see its goals left and right. You have a confident player in Rivera. Play him with Renix, who he has a lot of chemistry with. He's played a lot of matches alongside. They know how to flow within each other up top. And have the service be better with Carlos Hill, Sebastian Legette, get better service, get better service from your outside backs with Brandon by and Dewan Jones. And score goals, right? That's what this is about. And if you're looking for goals, why don't you put your, you know, one of your players that has three goals in two matches? I'll be at a different level. Obviously, it's not Major League Soccer, but honestly, I don't know. Enter Miami's backlines any better than MLS Rex Pro? <laughs> I'm kind of being serious with that too. <laughs> Ten goals minus differential through five games. That's it's really bad. Um, you know, this is probably an opportunity to play Damian Rivera. Um, probably one of the only opportunities you're going to have for a while to play him, just based on availability. You're, you're going to expect that Mooks is going to come back. Was the Altador? You know, we don't really know his status for this game, but you expect he's going to come back relatively soon. Gustavo Bo going to be out for another week or two, according to Bruce Arena at 95 The Sports Hub. If you look at the injury report, Bo is questionable. So last week, prior to the New York Red Bulls game, I called it a a must win. It must win as far as a game at that point in the year can be, um, and and to be honest, I I don't know how you can look at this Miami game and not call it that as well. Uh, they're one three and one through five games. That ties twenty nineteen as the worst starting record through five matches in the last five years. That's that's not good, right? They've lost three matches for the first time. Consecutively, in Major League Soccer play since March of 2019. That team in 2019, in the early months of that season, was one of the worst teams in Major League Soccer history. And this Revolution team in 2022 is drawing similarities through five games to that team. Now, it's not the same thing, right? This is obviously a different team, it's a different coach, it's a different roster. Right? They just came off as a Border Shield winning season. But do you really want to lose another game? Or get a draw? The conversations will just continue to go higher and higher and higher in terms of what's the future of this team? What are they supposed to be this year? You came in this year thinking goals to lift trophies. Well, last year they bounced out of the playoffs in the first round. This year, CONCACAF Champions League, first chance to win a trophy this year. They get eliminated. After having a lead going down to Mexico, and you know they're one three and one in MLS play through five matches, so you got to get three points here in Miami. And the reality is, this Revolution team has to start winning games, consistently winning games. But I would just get a second win. <laughs> I mean, this this team does not look good. Um, I thought they looked better against New York than they had in previous weeks. I think a big part of that was getting. Farrell and Kessler back to make that back line more organized. I thought Brad Knighton had a good game against New York, but I think they really need to get their outside backs back in, back involved in that attack. I think they need better service into the box. If you look at that New York game, the best person providing service for most of the night in terms of chances was Emma Boateng. So, you just need more out of everybody. You need more out of Sebastian Legette. You need more out of Carlos Hill. I don't know if that's possible, but you need more out of him. You definitely need more out of your outside backs. Um, a result matters above all, all else, right? So the the Revolution have to win. That's the bottom line here. One thing that occurred this week, that's outside of the game, is the Revolution acquired a goalkeeper, the Jordy Petrovic, um, coming over from Serbia. As an experienced player, has eighty six games, thirty three clean sheets. That's a great number, great ratio. Twenty two years old, a lot of experience. Uh, here's Revolution sporting director coach Bruce Arena when I asked about him.
0: Well, he's a a young goalkeeper, uh, very athletic, looks to be a a very good shot blocker, pretty composed in the goal. And, uh, you know, we'll learn more about the player once he gets here.
1: interesting for the Revolution to make this move. Obviously, Matt Turner departs for Arsenal this summer. Turner's injured right now, so they don't even have uh, availability to the best American goalkeeper. But, you know, you looked at the Revolution, and, you know, they – Drafted Jacob Jackson in the first round. They had Brad Knighton, Earl Edwards Jr. on the roster, and you and you thought you know potentially you'd have Edwards and Knighton as these veteran options, and then bring Jackson along at MLS Next Pro, then maybe give Jackson the opportunity if he plays well, maybe Major League Soccer this year or you know next year. But I, I think the Revolution you know saw the opportunity to bring in a 22-year-old player who has you know 86 appearances. Um I think he played in the Europa League, he played for his national team. You know, this is a young player with a lot of experience, and I think they saw that opportunity and it was just too tantalizing not to do it. But <laughs> what's funny is actually this is the first international signing or acquisition the Revolution have done for the first team since March of twenty twenty one when they brought in Honor Trustes. And so it's been a while since Bruce has brought in an international acquisition, which is kind of surprising. Um <laughs> But then you sort of look at the performances so far this year, and you're like, well, he didn't take any chances. He didn't bring in any upside players. He brought in, you know, veteran MLS players where you know what they are. So maybe the start to the year isn't too much of a shock, actually. But it's interesting to see that this is actually the first international move they've done in a while. They had the spot to do it. I think it's a smart move. Um, the Revolution don't really go with non-American goalkeepers historically. I think it's been over 20 years since they actually had a non-American goalkeeper, start a game for them. So it's different for them as an organization to bring in a player like this. But I think it's, you know, this is a player that can play now, right? Is a player you can bring in, you can sort of bring along, develop under Matt Turner, play some games at almost Next Pro, then when Turner departs. Theoretically, if he integrates well enough, Petrovic can start for the revolution right when Turner leaves. Well, Jackson, 21 years old. He looked really good in MLS Next Pro, 16 saves through two games. It's looked great, better than I thought he was going to look. Um, you know, maybe probably can't really start this year. That'd probably be an unfair expectation to him. And at the very least, you're building Petrovic's value. And if Jackson at some point competes for the starting job, whether it be next year or the year after that, Maybe transfer one of the players out because Petrovic is under contract for three years plus another year on top of that on the back end. And um, Jackson's on a rookie deal too, so he's under contract for a couple years. So you have two really good young goalkeepers for the revolution system. You know, Jackson and Petrovic. I'm really high on Jacob Jackson. I know it's only been two games through MLS Next Pro, but I'm incredibly high on him as a player. Shot-stopping ability, uh, decision-making, positioning, things like that. He's looked really, really good. And Petrovic obviously haven't seen play, haven't seen him play with the Revolution yet, seen some highlights on YouTube. That's about it with him. But from all accounts, this is a really good player that's now with the Revolution. So I think it was a smart move. They were clearly looking at bringing in an acquisition for goalkeeper despite drafting Jackson. You know, they've been tied to Ethan Horvath, Dwayne St. Clair as well. Um, This is just one of those players they were connected to. They were able to get the deal done. And ultimately, I think it's a very smart move for them to make especially when Matt does depart, because you've seen how important that goalkeeper position is. But the most important position for the New England Revolution, apparently, health of their center backs, in Andrew Farrell and Henry Kessler, as outlined by their absences. Um, But the Revolution conceded three goals in three consecutive games. Speaking of the goalkeeper position, Petrovic's obviously not going to be playing for the Revolution against Inter-Miami. All signs are pointing towards Brad Knight and getting a second start of the year after having a really good performance against the New York Red Bulls. Here is Brad Knight not getting his first start of the season on Saturday uh good it was just nice to get another game um you know i've been working to get back from my concussion and um you know doing the doing the stuff on a daily basis and uh you know when your number's called you got to step up and be ready and you're just excited to to get out there and be with the guys again uh it was a it was a great opportunity and it just stinks that we couldn't cap it off with a shutout and a win at home i think it's going to be uh important to keep an eye on if there's playing at three o'clock in miami you know it's going to be hot it's going to be humid that's certainly going to be an impact on this game Terms of players staying hydrated, and things like that. So here is Sebastian Legette uh, playing in her Miami.
2: Oh, these are the these are the the weird games, the the, the dangerous ones,
1: you know. Because yeah, the I think the the table says something, but when you get to the game and you're like, oh man, this is. I, I guarantee we're gonna play them, and we're not. We're gonna say to ourselves, this is not a bad team, you know. And so we we have to be focused. We got to approach it like we we do any any game. Um, it's gonna be tough. Three o'clock in Miami. It's not gonna be easy. It's good. the weather's gonna be um what it is. Um, so we just got to play it smart. Do I, do I think we're, we, we, we're good enough to, to beat them? Absolutely. So um, we just got to go there with, with the right mindset. This has been Trifecta Soccer Talk. I've been your host, Tanner Rebell. Follow me on Twitter at Tanner Rebello. Check out TrifectaNetworkSports.com for the very latest in New England Revolution news and analysis.